Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> We're tonight's entertainment. Take me to the volcano! It's really called this. You have to ask for the vinegar with the mother in it. Oh, come on. Quit I need, no. Seriously. Maybe Bed Bath & Beyond, I don't know. I don't know if we'll have enough time. But uh, everything's perfectly all right now. We're fine. We're all fine here now. Thank you. How are you? Hello there, and welcome to Ready to Unload Supplemental New York City, New York City, New York Sports Talk Podcast. Boy, we've been off. It's clear. It's clear we've had a few weeks off. Somebody's rusty. New York Sports Talk Podcast. Do I talk now? Do I talk now? Do we talk? Wait, oh. is it, are we on? Sorry. Is this, is this, is that on? Is this mic on? Practice. Is this mic hot? Hot testing, testing, siblings, siblings. This is Mont number one. Uh, welcome to uh, RTU Supplemental. We're just going to do a quick show tonight. Uh, hiatus watch. Stupid hiatus. What did you do this summer, Cal? What we, we're, why we, we're watching the hiatus? That's right. That's right. It's like, a, it's, it's like every news story. What's going on with their hiatus? So we're checking in like day 15 of RTU hiatus. Right. Tune in at 11 tonight. What they're doing on their hiatus could kill you tonight at 11. Well, is your summer reading list going to kill you? (laughs) If you read these books, you'll go insane. Tune in tonight (laughs) to find out what they are. Yeah. So it's uh, we're on summer vacay. So what are we doing on our summer vacation? We're doing a show. That's right. That's right. We've come into work. That's right. It's good hiatus, everybody. Yeah. That, I, we we really did that hiatus well, didn't we? You you give good hiatus. <laughs> Whoa. Hey, oh. Let's I, keep it clean. This is just a supplemental episode. Right. I'm not even giving it a number. It just supplements all of the other ones. That's that's precisely goes, what it supplemental goes with it. Yeah. That's right. It's a good, it's a, a nice uh accompaniment. Like, that's it. It's a side dish. Right. Featuring? It's, it's the fries with gravy, with brown gravy. French fries with mozzarella and brown gravy. That's what this and, is. And uh, what, that's what, the whole thing, or where the brown gravy? This is. <laughs> maybe, no, this is. This supplemental episode. All the other episodes are the burger, like the big sloppy burger that you get when you're drunk at the diner at 2 o'clock in the morning. And this is just the this, golf this is the this is the the mozzarella. The, really, you don't need it. You don't need to get the fries with mozzarella and brown gravy. You don't need it. Really? Is that is that is that really how you wanna? But you know what? No, no, no. Wait, no. you don't need. <laughs> no, wait. But it's so good. When you have it, it's so good. And, and then you, you're glad. And then you're glad. Are you glad, or you're gonna regret this? You're happy. No regrets, Cal. 
be regretting it already. No regrets. Don't look back. In anger? Don't don't oasis me. Don't you dare. Can we you, can we be like the Gallagher brothers, by the way? Just feud? Just fight all the time. How wonderful was that when Oasis was like at the height of their powers and all those guys did was like, now you suck. Well, go F yourself. Right, they hated each other. I made them too, way too proper, by the way. Oh, yeah, no, they were... <laughs> Why I made them royalty? They were dirty Englishmen. Yeah, the dialect, they're sort of like this. They're like, he's a, he's a wanker, that one. Yeah. My brother's a wanker. <laughs> Still, you go back to uh, and listen to What's the Story, Morning Glory, or whatever that album is called. If you're going to rip off the Beatles, they did it well. They did do it probably better than anybody. They really did. Like, if you're going to rip off the Beatles 30 years later, they did it pretty good. Pretty. All right. Look. It's good to see you. It is good to see you, Matt. Yeah, we've kind of, we've gone our separate ways. We really have. For this summer vacation. Yep. Um, summer. Did you see the pictures that I put up for this episode? No. Of George and Jerry with the mustaches. <laughs> whenever, whenever I think of a summer hiatus and I think of like a break, I think of that first Seinfeld episode back, and they both had mustaches. The mustaches. They were they were going to take a break from themselves. That's great. So I fully expected to FaceTime tonight and to see you with like a mad Piazza Fu Manchu. Well, it's it's only been two weeks, and I would have like a sweet, like a perm, <laughs> like a like a, like a sort of tricked out perm where I'm like I'm I'm actually picking it as we're doing the show. right, right. Have you seen a guy with a perm lately? By the way, an actual perm? Yeah. No, I don't think so. Not not that they've gone to the salon to get a perm. I had I saw one the other day. Really? Nothing looks more dated than like, and, and the guy was only like thirty five. You sure he didn't? He didn't just have a, a nice full head of curly hair. Cal, it was perfectly coiffed. I mean, salon perm? No, Ogilvy home perms. <laughs> that good? Huh? Remember that commercial? Holy cow! I do. Um, yeah, no, this guy that like a thirty five year old guy had a perm on purpose. Come on, guy. I was like, I was waiting for him to take out the Miami Vice big cell phone, like the big block cell phone, and take a member's own jacket. That goes before that, though, right? The perm? Yeah, you're right. The male perm? The male perm was like... Late 70s? Late 70s. Early 80s. I would say mid to late 70s. Not that I remember that, but... right. Yeah, I I remember baseball cards distinctly though, like late seventies oh. baseball cards with like, wow, that they guy all, that guy sat under the dome thing for a while. And they all had mustaches with their perms. They all had magnificent mustaches, which brings us full circle. How come you don't have a summer hiatus? Mustache? Again, it has not been long enough. It's only been two weeks. You look entirely clean shaven though. That's I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> Is that a five o'clock shadow? I look at growth. Oh, nice. You're yeah. sexy when you do that. You got the Lachey thing going on. Yeah, well, it's, it's when I want to be dangerous and taken seriously. <laughs> it never works. <laughs> Always try it. never works. Are you are you looking for the teen demographic here, or are you looking for the, like, the at the, that would be, like, the late teen demographic? Though. But I'm looking for the late teens of the 90s, not today. 
That's right. You're looking for the 98 degrees. Right. The uh, the Joey Fatone. Right, like in like like circa 97 to 2001. That's right. Those guys. Yeah, that when you have the three days growth and you're like, wow, you know, wow, that that really looks um, in sinkish. And, right. and you and you constantly just kind of scratch it and stroke it, hoping to somebody will notice and comment <laughs> on it. <laughs> I always ran the very dangerous line between at, at that time when I would have that five o'clock shadow or whatever, and I would shave it. So I just shave. I would just shave the bottom. Like you had to shave. I have to shave my neck, otherwise it just looks like a full hair facial mask. It just looks ridiculous because it grows all the way into my down chest hair. <laughs> like you're wearing a turtleneck. Right. Like I don't need the whole. Turtleneck. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so I would just do the bottom, but I would leave the top, which was dangerous as well, as it would start to grow into my eyes. But I would run yeah. that. Wolf. I would run that fine line between, you know, Nick Lachey and like George Michael. Ooh. Yeah. That's yeah. That's a fine line. This is a very fine line. Right. The mirrored sunglasses and the uh the, the, the what was the jacket? Uh, what was the jacket that he had? With well, the chain, it with had the a chain. cross on it. Right. He had the chains on the one shoulder. Right. Right, I used to wear that with the gloves with the fingers cut off and the mirrored glasses. That was not helping either. No, they confused you. Right. Um, hey, New York sports, here we are. <laughs> like we never left. Seriously, how's uh, how's the hiatus going for you? Good. It's going good. It's hot. You know, hot in the city. It's really hot in here, but it's um, it's been nice. You know. Yeah. It's slowed down a little bit. Is the wife and the and the children happy to have you available to them on a Thursday night? Have they taken advantage of that? No. No, they're going about their business. Next question. And, you know, <laughs> as if I'm, I'm here, I'm not here. Eh, you could take it or leave it. Right. They're uh, <laughs> they're, they're, they're ambivalent. Yeah. The the uh, the girl. Oh look! Oh look! Who it is? Oh, dad's here. Oh, who's this guy? Hey. Who's this guy on the couch? <laughs> While we're watching our Thursday night programming, who is this guy? What they what the girls have taken to do doing over the summer is they sleep in the same bed every oh. night, nice, and giggle like little girls. Well, that's so, what they are and all. Right, but they giggle like little girls until about midnight every right. night. It would be disturbing if they were giggling like you know, like men, thirty-seven-year-old men <laughs> in the Marines. <laughs> you know, like that would be odd, right? They, they, <laughs> right? They sound like two uh, two twenty nine year old uh, enlisted men in Saigon in nineteen sixty eight. I don't. I don't. Weird. Weird. <laughs> I wasn't there. Emma has a drawl. I don't know what. I have to imagine they didn't do much giggling then. New. No. It's just you know, my no. guess. Could be wrong. It's a safe, it's a safe bet. What have you been up to? You know, because every, you you're not supposed to be here right now. Right. I'm not. Can I actually say it? I'm not even supposed to be here tonight. Um, you guys are the best. Um, no, I. Uh, this is. Uh, you know, we're on baby watch. Obviously, you know, he has not come yet. No. Um, as I was just telling you before, uh, my wife is miserable. 
But, um, you know, we're gutting it out. She's tough. These women are tough, Brian. Yeah. I, you know, they, there is it's – a, it's a cliche, but there's a reason oh, why, why God made women do this. I mean, gee whiz. This uh, the whole organization. I, I was like I was telling you before, before we came on. Yeah, I would have cashed out. She's still working, like going to work every day. That's unbelievable. I would have cashed out like three months ago and been yelling at somebody to bring me good and plenty on the couch. Yeah, bring the bowl of good and plenty now. Make with it. Except not that calm. Right. That's right. <laughs> I've been angry. I'm putting my feet up. Make with the ho hos now. Um, no, she's, you know, she's, we're hanging in, we're hanging in, we're, you know, we'll, we'll get there. Um, uh, thankfully, um, everything so far is, is, is going well. So, you know me, I'm a big jinx guy. Right. Let's talk about it. No. So we're going to move on. We're going to move on. Uh, I will ask you this though. Uh, the whole idea of a hiatus during the summer. See, last time we did this for Wesley, it was during the winter and we basically took like a holiday break. Right. You know, which sort of, you know, made sense anyway. This feels like summer vacay. So I feel like we've gone back to high school, you know, like sophomore year. And we like wrote in the yearbook, you know, like <laughs> KIT. Like keep right. in touch, Cal. We're going to be best friends for a long time. Right. You know, and when, yeah. we come, when we come back to RTU in the fall, I don't even want to tell you what PJ wrote in my yearbook. I'm sure it was filthy. Well, it was, let me give you a little, a quick little look. All right. <laughs> She starts off, <laughs> dear ass face, and then parentheses are ha 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 ha. Right, yeah. All right. Had the Sarcastic. best. Had had the best time this season doing RTU. Comma, and then in parentheses he wrote, "Did we actually do a hundred episodes? Feels like fifty. Close parentheses, and then he wrote. Um, <laughs> Remember remember that one episode where you tried to improv your way through a British dialect for that punk rock band? Ananthema? That was awesome. I've had the best time wordsmithing with you guys. I really hope we can wordsmith and do some other of our fun little things next season on RTU. He wrote a lot, didn't he? He did. It's like a whole page. He wrote on his page, though. You know how people do that? Or you save the page for him? Right, I saved the page, the page, the one candid shot of him uh, with the cats. Oh, eating the sandwich. <laughs> eating the sandwich. Right, right. So he he writes, uh, no, seriously, this has been the best time, and you guys have given me something to do on Thursday nights other than eat. So thanks, and keep in touch. Did he, did he write it out as keep in touch, or was it K-I-T? He did. He did. He's a man of letters. He's not going to go K-I-T. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Your best friend, Paul. Signed it, Paul. Which I didn't see coming. Very formal. He got very emotional at the what? end. Wow. P.S. Tell Cal I said I still think he's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he got it in. Ah, uh, commitment to the gimmick. I love it. So he signed my yearbook. That's nice. Yeah. Well, hopefully nice. he'll be back in season four. Oh, is, is the jury out? <laughs> no, I. we would love to have him back. I don't know if he's on vacation right now, by the way. That's why he's not joining us for a hiatus watch. I would hope, yeah. He's, His, been, he's, he's been busy, too. Did you have 
I, I mentioned the summer reading list thing. Yeah. Did Julia get a summer reading list? Um, I don't know if they get a summer reading list. Are they not teaching reading anymore? No, or? they don't teach that. Right. They good. Just, they That's just good. hand out iPads and tell them it's on an app. <laughs> and you just have to press buttons on the screen. That's all. I weep for the future. You know what they do? They do you. They do go to the summer, the the library in the summer, and they do the summer reading club there. Nice. Where they'll read a book and then report on it for a prize That's of insignificant excellent. value. Of completely significant value, you mean? Insignificant. It's usually oh. like a, a kazoo or Listen, a, a roll of stickers. You stop right there. Okay. Kazoos are extraordinarily valuable to the 11-year-old. Extraordinarily. Very dangerous to those that don't know how to use it correctly. That's correct. You so. should definitely not kazoo when drinking. You know what else is a, a big one? A big big hit is the paddle ball with the with the rubber ball connected. <laughs> right, but it, it it will be impossible for me for the rest of my life to ever envision that toy without thinking of Blazing Saddles. Right, immediately, <laughs> because it's one of my favorite scenes in a movie ever, and it's improv. Right. Yes, I know. Most of that scene is improv. And how many takes does it take Harvey Corman to just? Perfectly right as usual, sir. And he just starts hitting the ball perfectly with the paddle ball. This friggin' thing is warped. One take. One take. He was an, he was an expert. He, he was that good. Okay, we should we should we've been on for a couple of minutes. You let's let's uh, uh, talk about sports real quick. Okay. Um, one of the reasons I wanted to do this tonight, I was going to do a bunch of uh, drops Pro- promos to use the parlance. Drops. I was going to drop some, I guess, stop saying that. You should tell me to stop saying that. No, say it again. Right. Drops. Um, Drops. I was going to do some drops. No, I was going to uh, put together some little segments from the past season, from season three. We did a lot of episodes in season three. More than in previous seasons? Is that possible? No, I don't. I, I just think the way we broke it up, like when we decided to do a season three, it was like a year's worth of episodes, and we did like 50 or 60 in there. How is that possible when there's only 52 weeks in a year? Because we did uh, a couple of extra. We did an extra one for the no-hitter, mm-hmm. and we did um, – yeah, you're right. That's not possible. I think there's like 45. Okay, yeah, we yeah. didn't take much time off this we didn't take So that's why this hiatus is welcome. It is welcome. And here we are, and here we are two weeks later. Um, so I was going to do that, but then something came up on Mets blog, and I wanted to break our arms patting ourselves on the back. I don't see why not, since nobody else is going to do it. Look, it's it's not a matter of, oh, look at us, we were right, or anything like that. It's really not. It's really not. I was talking to a buddy of mine at work today about this. Our buddy Jess, who's been to a bunch of the live remotes, sure, listens to the show a lot. And and I was saying to Jess, I said it's just nice that and let, well, we should tell the people what's the scenario, Brian. Tell people the scenario. The scenario with which of which you're speaking. So what? So what? So what's the scenario? Um, here, we, here we go, yo. Here we. <laughs> So you're speaking about the scenario in which on Mets blog this week, Matthew Cerrone wrote an article about, oh, no, I'm, okay, you're right. Matthew Cerrone reported on an article that was written. In the Wall Street Journal. In the Wall Street Journal 
about how the Mets are following the model of the San Francisco Giants of the last five years, approximately, by building around solid starting pitching, a solid catcher. Power, then, power arms, homegrown power arms at the right. front of the rotation. And then filling in in the offense. And having the payroll flexibility to trade right. those power arms in the low minors for the bats that they need. That's right. So that's, so that's kind of... And, sorry, I have to augment. So, Supplementally, David Wright was the one who mentioned this to this reporter. Mm-hmm. So David Wright said to this reporter from the Wall Street Journal, hey, you know, this is what we're doing. You know, they were playing the Giants. And, and I think that that's why it really that's came up. That's why it came up. To the awareness of everybody. Right. So Matt Cerrone posted, as he does, he's a curator. That's what Matt does for Matt's blog, and he does a fantastic job at it. And then he comments on the articles that he posts. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, he mentioned this back in January or November you know, something that the Mets trading, he didn't say anything about the Giants. Matt at that time said, stocking the minor leagues up with power arms so he can make trades. Right. And to his credit. So this struck a chord with us, Bri. Why, why, why would it strike a chord? It sounded very familiar. It sounded familiar. Only because I, I and you, we came up with this. Not, not even came up with this. We posited this idea <laughs> so uh, a long time ago, and so I had to look back through the uh, annals. Always got to be careful with that word. Did you need a flashlight? I I did. I took a flashlight with me. I was like, into, right into the annals, the creaky I went, door. I went down the stairs, and there was a creaky cyber door. Right. Wouldn't it be great if that's what the sound effect that like Blog Talk Radio built in anytime I went for an archive? Like I went to open up an archive. Walking down steps. Right. I went to open up an episode from last year, and as I open it, you hear. <laughs> and then it was haunted. I don't know. Right. It should, it should be haunted. Well, the annals are usually haunted, so. Most annals are haunted. You just got to be careful. You can be careful with that but you're word. in the right place. <laughs> Whenever you're using... When you're heading, when you are heading to the annals, you got to be careful. You don't want to make that left. Because <laughs> you can wind up... you got to wind up in the right place. Right. That's all it's we're like, saying. It's like a jug handle. <laughs> that's, that's the turn you make into the annals. Do not pass the bookshelf. <laughs> if you have passed the bookshelf, gone way too you far. Have gone way too far. And turn around immediately. 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 You know who? You know who could tell you? <laughs> if, you're, if you're not made to turn around immediately. <laughs> you know who tell who will tell you a funny story about that? PJ. Our old friend, pop culture PJ, he's, he's made that wrong turn. He has made that. He has made that. They will, somebody will let you know yeah. that you have made a wrong turn when looking for the annals. 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 The annals. Right. Of anyway. To you. But you went down into the annals and you went, found what we had talked about. 
Yes. Oh, uh, eight months ago? I it, found it in December 22nd, 2012 episode. Oh, that's, you mean the day after the world was supposed to end? That's right, after R.A. Dickey was, oh, no, <laughs> you're talking about the actual end. The actual, the actual rapture. Wow. I'm like, wow, you took that R.A. Dickey thing seriously. <laughs> no, no, the, the world, if you, yes. the, Maya, the Mayans. 12-21-12. Right, and so we celebrated the fact that we were still here by coming up with this theory. By talking about almost directly, like that was a direct celebration of it not being the rapture. Right. I said, you know what? We're all still here. We're still alive. And, and you know, now that the rapture has not occurred. I have this idea. They can proceed with this plan. Let's talk about the Mets. <laughs> I thought you were, I thought you were referring to the fact that Mets fans treated trading R.A. Dickey as it was the end of the world. They did well. They did some. Yeah. Some did. Some didn't. We didn't. We didn't. We so were, anyway, but so this article came up, and again, this is not to to uh, to toot the horn too loudly. It's just a matter of. It's very interesting. It's nice to sort of get a confirmation that maybe sometimes you're onto something. I'd like to think we talk about this enough that maybe we're onto something occasionally. Occasionally. We've done 146 episodes. <laughs> Maybe once or twice. Maybe might, a couple of times. Might have hit on something. No, but we, you and I have joked often, since we started doing the show, since we had like, you know, eight listeners or eight downloads of the show, that coincidentally, we used to do the shows on Tuesday night, right? So coincidentally, maybe on like Thursday... There would suddenly be an article in the New York Post about exactly what we talked about on Tuesday. Right. And we and and there was no possible way that somebody was listening from the New York Post at that time. There was no way to listen to us, even if they wanted to. <laughs> even if you were listening to us, you couldn't hear it. You couldn't hear it. But since then, like that episode uh, where I first mentioned this, and you and I first talked about this idea... That episode was downloaded over 1,200 times. I mean, somebody could have caught wind. And the Catino episode, which was another time it was brought up, because you and I brought it up like every week for a while there. Well, you know, in the winter, there's not much else to talk about. Not much else to talk about. about And they kept doing it. They kept doing things that seemed to be along those lines. Well, and 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 it follows Sandy Alderson's plan from two years ago when he talked about creating payroll flexibility. Yes. You know, that, exactly. was, that was the whole point of kind of purging these contracts and creating this flexibility. And then you saw some of the acquisitions that he made. Right. So the pieces started to fall into place for us, and we just kind of threw it out there. Right. And the amazing thing about the Catino uh, part, we had Rich Catino on then on February 7th, 2013, and we were talking about Sandy Alderson and Frank Cashin and how Sandy Alderson's building the team. And Katina, that episode, by the way, going back and listening to it, Cal, is unbelievable. It's really fantastic. I mean, he just he just was – so many of the things that he said and we said have come to fruition. They really have. Yeah. Whether it was about Scott Harrison or not signing Michael Bourne or uh, it's uh, you know Wheeler coming up midseason. Like so many of the things really – we were all sort of spot on that night. Really, it was it was a, it's a pretty fun listen. But Rich Catino said that he had two conversations with David Wright 
this off season, and in both of them, David Wright mentioned the Giants and how Sandy Alderson. This was after David Wright signed his extension. Mm-hmm. How Sandy Alderson was building the team like the Giants. And you know, maybe maybe that was part of the conversations that he had with Sandy Alderson. Exactly. We're looking to do this. Exactly. Are you on board? And so, he and he stay. He he signed. Yep. So uh, I, I'm going to play the first one in a second. Um, and we can take it. It's it's like 16 minutes, but we can cut it at any time. I, I you know I, I I left on some of the the other fun stuff we were doing. We were we were having fun, nice. Would so, you like to do? Yeah. Before I get to that though, um, well no, I have it all set up, right? I should play it. When okay. we come when we come back, so we're gonna go we're, from we're gonna our hiatus or from this no, clip? No, 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 from this clip. We're gonna go listen to it. Okay. When we come back, I want to ask you about the All Star Game. And then we'll listen to the Catino. The Catino clip is only about two and a half minutes. Okay. All right. So here it is, just to stroke our ego. RTU flashback. <laughs> That's the best you could do there? Well, Had all well, day? All day to think about that. And that is... All well, day. I'll tell you what. Season four, we're making some changes. <laughs> the production we're getting guys. You, we're, getting you, we're getting you audacity. We're getting you... Uh, a Hark account, we're getting you something. I need I need clips, brother. Okay, this is uh, from... Uh, oh, well, I actually... I did a little uh, thing to set it up, so... Here okay. <laughs> this is from December 22nd, 2012, RTU number 3-47. We are talking about the R.A. Dickey to the Blue Jays trade. And I here tell Cal I had this idea that it seems to me the Mets are building themselves trying to build themselves like the San Francisco Giants. So check it out. I love this deal for a number of reasons, but again, it it happened last week. So what I wanted to talk about was this. This was sort of my take with what the Mets are doing. Am I crazy or is he building the San Francisco Giants? He is trying to build the Mets into the Giants. Look at the way he's constructing this team. Look at the way they're drafting. Look at the trades they've made. And then also look at who's won two of the last four World Series. It, or is it two of the last three? Two of the last three. Three. Yeah. And how they've done it. I mean, they won the World Series two years ago with an outfield of, like, you know, Chico Escuela. And, uh, I mean, they had a terrible, you know... Andres Torres was a big part of that outfield. He was. He and was. Pat Pat Burrell, Andres Torres. Like you can win with a subpar outfield. But they had it at catcher with Buster Posey. And they had a great staff. Now he's got to build the back end of that staff. Uh that road uh that you know, that pitching staff. But am I wrong? I mean is that is that nuts? No, it's a it's a it's a pretty good um it's a pretty good comparison. I, I, I feel like that's what he's doing. Well, but I I think what this what this tells you, and it should put to rest any any doubts or any questions about the fact that he had a plan when he came in here. He had a plan. Now, what I will argue a little bit is that he's sticking to the plan a little too much in the fact that he's got this windfall of of open salary space that's going to be available after after this coming season. Going into 2014. Yeah. After 2013, he's got two guys under contract. He's got John Neese and he's got David Wright. 
True. So you can essentially build a complete new team if you wanted to at that point. And I think that what he's doing is he's so focused on that, and he's been so focused on that post-2013 situation for the last three years that he might be letting some opportunities to improve this team go by the wayside now. I Okay, why do you think that? Because I think I disagree. In other words, I think – and, and I, I can't kill him for it because – the right guy hasn't been there that they passed on because of money. That was my. That was it. So I can't kill him for it. But let's say, like, like a guy like Cody Ross, who, signed, who actually signed a ridiculous contract today. Three years. Twenty-six million dollars. Yeah, I'm not giving Cody Ross three years. Okay, let's say it's not Cody Ross, but let's say it's somebody else that could help the team. Do you think he would make that signing now, knowing that all of his money comes off the books after this coming season? Right? Yeah. Do you think he would make that signing now? Or I, I feel like he's just looking, like he's he's almost not looking at the possibility of signing somebody to a long-term contract now, knowing that he's going to have a blank slate next year, and then he'll do whatever he's got to do. Okay. Uh, that's fair. I think there's a couple parts to that, though. And one of them is, who is out there this offseason, even big ticket-wise, that you would have given a long-term deal to for the money they got. I don't. I don't think anybody. So like, I don't know if you can say that it's not part of his plan. If anybody that does it, or anybody that would have fit into that uh, that criterion, uh, those criterion, it wasn't available. You mean like? It's, I mean, he's not going to go sign Josh Hamilton for five years. No, of course not. So I, I just it's not going to sign Granky. But if you're looking gonna... if you're looking at the team needs for 2013, okay, we know what they are. We know that they need outfielders. I mean, period. Right. I don't think he's I think it's I I still think it's December 22nd. It is. It's like early. there's there's 7 weeks left till pitchers and catchers report. All right, here's here's the guy. Here a guy like Michael Bourne who's out there right now. All right. It, it, now, again, it's only December 22nd, but let's say you get to January 22nd and he's still out there. Then and you I, could sign him to a three-year deal, you know, $12, 13000000 million a year, approximately. Because I don't, I don't know exactly what Michael Bourne is going to command on the open market. But I, I feel like three years, $40 million seems reasonable for Michael Bourne, that he, yeah. reasonable that he would ask for. Three thirty-six. Would would Sandy Alderson do that? At that point, he might. You think? At that point, he might. All right. At that point, you you're you know it's it's January. You need to get an outfielder. You have a player who's young. He fits in. You know he would fit in nicely into City Field. But he's not I, young. That's the problem. With what him. is he? Thirty? Thirty-one? Two. All right, so but I'm saying you're giving him three years, you're not going to get killed. But but a guy like Michael Bourne at 32 relies on his legs. That's not right. a great I, I mean, I understand the example, and the example is not terrible. And if if he's still out there on January 22nd and you can get him for three for 30, then you, you would have to think about it. Because, but you only ha- he only has $10, $12 million left to use in the budget. I mean, that's the other over, over, over this year. 
for this year. Yes, right. 2013. That's the other overwhelming constraint that he's dealing with. See, I think his plan has been all along. He knew he, he, knew he had to bloodlet this team and, and get this payroll way, way down, but the Madoff decision has come in. He's not in the same position he was in last year. And contrary to what everybody said and everybody reported and Adam Rubin and Howard Magdal and all these guys reported, okay, he's going to have – they're going to have like a $110, million salary. Uh, uh, is it going to be that high? Yes, it is going to be that high. With operating costs, by the end of the thing, the, the, the salary is going to be at about $110, Okay. So – you know, reports of them having a ninety million dollar uh, salary ca- uh, total salary or whatever uh, was not accurate. But any that's that's besides the point. I think his point. I think his plan all along has been to build through trades. He said it. I mean, he said it. He's not going to go. They just signed David Wright to an eight year, hundred and forty million dollar contract. Okay, it's not like they're not willing to go long term, but they'd rather go long term on somebody in house and keep him here. Right. Everybody going crazy. Oh, well, they didn't do it for Reyes last year. Well, one, they couldn't. Everybody forgets that Reyes was on the disabled list right before the trading deadline. Yeah. Well, everybody conveniently forgets that. Yeah. What are you going to get for a guy on the disabled list? Yeah. Everybody forgets that. Yeah. I I, I know, Brian, but. The other problem is that the, the Mets never made him a decent offer, the, the blah, blah, blah. But the Mets were not going to make an offer to Jose Reyes that was long-term for over $100 million. They just weren't. He relies on his legs. They're not going to sign him to seven years when he's 29 years old and he relies on his legs. Period. Anyway, my point is there's still seven weeks left. And he's looking – He, I think Sandy Alderson feels if I can get one competent outfielder – now that my infield is set and I have a hitting prospect catcher coming up who's a righty who's going to play this year, I can get one outfielder and I'm going to be fine. I can get by with Heist and Duda and uh, you know uh, Baxter if you sign Harrison, if you have Dendecker mixed into there at some point. You know, uh, they make a you know, everybody's making fun of Ka- uh, Colin Cowgill. He's right. a legitimate outfielder. You put Colin Cowgill on the bench, and he's your he's your fourth outfielder or fifth outfielder. You know, if Mike Baxter has to platoon with Scott, don't forget. Well, you can forget if you want. I've forgotten, and I think many Met fans have forgotten that Sandy Olsen loves Lucas Duda. He loves him. Yes, he does. There might not, be a problem though. They're not. Con- I, it, it might be, but they're not convinced that Lucas Duda can't play yet. I think they envision Lucas Duda as the everyday left fielder. Okay, I think they're willing to run Lucas Duda out there every day in left field thinking that they're going to get 30 home runs out of him. Okay, and you know what? I'm willing to take another year to find out about Lucas Duda, if he can be an everyday left fielder. I think one more year. Yeah, that's it. I'm going to give him one more year. I think this is the year. He's he's fast becoming Butch Husky. So, you know, I want to give him one more. By the way, Butch Husky had a very solid year in 95. 95 or 96? Was it 96. Talk about that though, Cal. Do you don't uh, while I look up which Husky numbers then. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that idea that he can get by with that outfield because the infield is set. You know I don't love to hot at shortstop, but no, but he's but he's a legitimate major league shortstop. Exactly, he's a major league shortstop. He plays the position very very well. I'd like to see you know more than ten doubles. 
but uh, you know, I mean, I think he had a he had a bunch of doubles early last year, and then the pop just completely went out of his game. But your infield is set, and if you mix in the Darno kid at the catcher, and he provides you some pop there, and he provides you some, you know, he strikes out a ton, but the kid can rake. Forget about forget about Darno for a second, because you got You have to temper your expectations with him at the very beginning, because he's a rookie. Yeah, but I, I'm, I'm only going to temper them as far as people tempered Buster Posey's, because they're they're very similar prospects from everything. Yeah, and all, by all accounts, he's not going to be Buster Posey, but he's going to be a step. He'll be right there. Does everybody? That's nonsense. Everybody. Keith, Keith Law loves him, and, Keith, say, and Keith say. Law hates everybody. Butch Husky in '97. 142 games, Cal, 24 home runs, 81 RBIs, a 287 batting average, only a 319 OBP, which is not great. What was his war? His war? Let me check his war. All right, nerd. He had 61 runs scored. He had 135 hits, 26 doubles. That's a that's a terrible Met team, too, by the way. You're begging oh. the question. I want to hear his advanced metrics. Fine, fine. Settle. His war uh, that year is point six. Mm-hmm. I 0. see. 0. I see. Okay. Because of his position. The defense rests. <laughs> <laughs> and the, 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 you want to hear his rare? No. The, I, what's ironic about this is that I completely his rare his rare that year is eight. That's, that's pretty good. That's not that good. Do you know what a rare is? Absolutely not. Rare is runs above replacement level. Okay. So he generated eight more runs. For the team. No disrespect, but could care less. <laughs> All right, nerds. No disrespect to the to the sabermetrics anywhere. You've already disrespected them enough. I have. That's true. I that's say true. you've done enough. There goes that faction. <laughs> so, so, but but, no, but go, actually going but going back to the catcher, I think yeah. what I'd like to I'd like to say that John Buck is a little underrated because John Buck has got some pop. He can do a nice job. He can hit you twenty home it. runs. Which you weren't going to get. Look, I don't want to see John Buck play a full season, Cal. No, but John Buck is is going to be a little bit more productive, I think, than a totally Nickyish combination or a totally Shopic combination. You and I are more productive than a totally Nickyish combination. My point is that John Buck is is not just an isn't he's like he's not a nothing piece. To he's this. not I just think, a pretty face. I got you. And I think he is he a, can play. Yes, he's, he's a fine placeholder until Darno is ready. Darno, Darno better be up day twenty-one of this year, this major league season. Or what? Not or what? Just why not? How about that? There's my answer to your or what? Why not? That's Look, they've, right. already, they've already been projected to only win sixty-six games. Adam right. Rubin has already told us they are they are the least improved team in major league baseball. Do you know that they're the again only again and again and again? Did you know? Did you know? You know, this is our segment. Did you know? Did you know that the Mets are the only major league team that has not signed a major league free agent this entire uh-huh. off season? Yeah, they're the only one. Only one. Starting to get Adam Shine on you. Just, the, just them. They're the only one. Yeah. Even the Padres. Even the Padres. Here's a here's here's a funny tidbit. At one point, the Padres and the Mets were the last two teams to have never have thrown a no hitter. That's right. I don't know if you knew that. So the Mets trumped the Padres by throwing a no hitter last year. The Padres got them back. 
by signing somebody this year. <laughs> he has time. It's and the other thing, that, and, and uh, Syndergaard, Syndergaard provides them with an opportunity, Cal, to trade for another outfielder. Why? Because they have a ton now of power arms at the low minor league levels. Maybe. Maybe or maybe not. Maybe they just go with what they have. He's, I think he's going to get an outfielder. I think he is. I think he's probably trying and hasn't been successful to this point. I think he's going to get an outfielder. I think he I think he needs to to get one more outfielder. I saw a couple of names thrown out there like Coco Crisp. I would take Coco Crisp. Look at the out, look at the outfields of the teams that were surprising and made the playoffs last year. I mean, look at the outfield of the San Francisco Giants last year. You know, it's not great until they make a trade for Hunter Pence. They had Aaron Rowan in the outfield, you know, two years ago. I mean, you can. I'm. I. I think you Nate can Shearholtz. get by. Nate Shearholtz. I mean, you can get by if you get production out of. And they had Cody Ross come up huge in the playoffs in the World Series, out of nowhere. Would what I, you, who would they? Who would you have signed? You gonna? Are you gonna give Shane Victory? You, you gonna give Shane Victory no thirty-six million dollars? I mean, come on. That's that's no. Because Would you have given Angel Pagan four years and forty million dollars? You see, you've just used two horrible examples. Isn't but it? that's who was out there. Well, Nick Swisher's still out there. I don't want Nick Swisher on this team. Why? Because you don't need him. Why? Because Nick Swisher is a product of that ballpark, and he's a product of that lineup. Hmm. The only thing that Nick Swisher does that that Danny Alderson probably adores is he used to walk a lot. He used to have a really high on-base percentage. Of course, everybody knows he was drafted by Billy Bean. He's a huge part of Moneyball. Billy Bean loved him coming out of Ohio State. I, I get all that. Maybe I just don't want to bro it down, Cal. Maybe you just can't. Maybe I'm just not prepared to bro it. Maybe right, that's so you, my problem. Right, so you don't look, look and, and so you look at Swisher the same way I look at a Victorino or a Pagan. I don't like them. I don't want them on my so there you go. That was uh, from December twenty second, two thousand and twelve, episode number three dash forty seven of RTU, and uh, I played the whole clip, Brian. That was so long ago. We we titled our episodes differently. We did. That was before we changed the naming convention of the episodes. <laughs> but there you have it, right off the bat. There you have it. I've been thinking about this, Cal. Now let me just play the Catino because it's like two minutes. All right. Let's just go right into it. So, just to set the stage, so after that December 22nd episode, we held on to this like a dog holds on to a bone. Like, we just would not let it go. It was clenched in our jaw. We love this idea that Sandy Alderson is building the Mets to be the Giants. So we mentioned it a bunch. And then, as I said, we were lucky enough to have Rich Catino come on the show. He was on for an hour and a half. He was fantastic. And uh, this is, Cal, this is only like 12 minutes into the episode. It's like we really had just started talking to him. By the end of it, he was telling us his philosophy on management. I mean, it was unbelievable. But we had really just started the conversation, and we were talking about the idea of how Sandy Alderson is building the team like Frank Cashin was trying to build the team in the the late 70s, early 80s. And uh, so check this out. Oh, I set this one up too. This is from a great episode of RTU. We had Rich Capino on from WFAN. He comes to Mets for years. He spent an hour and a half with us talking about the Mets and the Jets and everything else. 
And he told us, this was from February 7th, 2012, he told us David Wright had told him twice this offseason about the San Francisco Giants comparison. So check it out. Listen, you can read between the lines with Sandy Olsen since the day he took over, and everything was always pointing to the future. 2014, 2014. And we're a year away from that, and I think he's, the way he's building this team is the right way. You know, it's funny because I talked to David Ray in the offseason a couple of times, and, and he said twice to me in phone calls that he really thought the Mets were building their team the way the Giants built their team. And he said it to me twice in two separate phone calls. And when I went up the second time, I said, you know what, he's, he, he's got a point. I mean, yeah. look at the Giants. They won the World Series twice in three years. And their lineup, aside from Buster Posey and, and Sandoval, were almost there was almost nobody well, in the starting lineup from the, the from two years ago in yeah. the World Series. They wanted it uh, with two different starting outfield lineups. And Rich, maybe maybe uh, one of my favorite players, uh, young David Wright, is a listener to this program because I said two and a half months ago here on these very airwaves that it was starting to become clear to me. It was around when they were, you know, looking to make the Dickey trade and stuff, but it was starting to become clear to me that Sandy Alderson was trying to build this team to be the Giants, to have the flavor, uh, the payroll flexibility that the Giants have. The moving parts in the outfield don't matter. If you have a strong core uh, in the infield, and getting Darno to me was like getting Buster Posey. Um, and building a strong rotation that uh, is built on young power arms is is the giant formula. Absol- I mean, it's amazing to me to hear you say that David Wright said that. I want to cry. That's fantastic. I well, said that like three and, months and, ago. And, and think about <laughs> this for a minute. Let's go back to 2000. What, what, was, what did he go back to 2000 for? He went back to <clears throat> he went back to there you have it by the way I mean that's I was listening back to that. I'm like wow we that was that was really, we didn't talk to David Wright everybody no. else everybody else did yeah um, he was going back to 2000 look at that team in that outfield oh the, the Agbayani Peyton Timo Perez Daryl Hamilton Timo Perez or whoever I don't think Hamilton was there then he, no he uh, mentioned Derek Hamilton Bell. right Derek Bell uh, well, he might have been but. But he, his point was, look at that outfield. That team was built on a solid infield and a great one-two combination with Leiter and Hampton. And he talks later on. We get into more of the Syndergaard stuff and and uh, the young arms and the Familias and the, you know, uh, he even mentions Montero, which credit to him. Um, of course, he does cover the team, but um, uh, he he talks about. The, the things we talked about, those being trading chips to get the, the outfielder that you need, you know. So, what does all this mean, Bri? Well, it means a we're awesome, and b we should really be talking to David Wright. I think on a regular basis. I think it's clear he's just listening to our stuff. I think it's clear that David Wright and you and I need to hang out. We're probably we are probably talking to him right now. We just don't realize it. That's correct. He's listening to us. So, uh, D-Dub, uh, that's, wow, that's just ridiculous. He's, he's, a, he's a 30-year-old man. I'm not going to, I'm not going to do this. No, you could be his father. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> no, I couldn't. <laughs> couldn't possibly. No. 
No, I mean, unless I was an extraordinarily potent nine-year-old. <laughs> I was, I, I, did, I matured early, not that early. All right. All right, sir. I get confused sometimes as to, you know, sometimes I feel like we're much older than we are. Right. You just made me 57 years old. Thanks. <laughs> Um, so anyway, uh, the point of this was just, it was fun for me today to go back through our old episodes and listen to some of them and, and, uh, and just hear what we've done, but also, um, get a sort of reconfirmation, reconfirmation. I think you just need the confirmation. I don't think you need to re it. Do twice. Yeah. I don't, just the confirmation. I think that's plenty. Yeah. That's re is gratuitous. That's how about re, a lot. How, about, how reassurance? The reassurance is nice. You can't just be assured. No. I don't believe it. You want to be reassured. I think you need that reassurance. You want that that handshake that says, right, the, yeah. I can be trusted. The pat on the shoulder. Don't worry about it. In your annals. I can be trusted back it's there. Be, it's going to be fine. Did you close the door to the annals after you... I did you... close it. You always close the door on your way out of the right. annals. Good. Uh, especially if you make that wrong turn, definitely close the door. In right. fact, run. Um, no, it was nice to have an assurance, a reassurance about um, coming back uh, in the fall. And, um, you know, you and I have been doing this for three and a half years. And uh, uh, even in these two weeks that we've been off, I've missed it. And uh, you and I, you and I, wind up like watching a Met game, right? On like a Thursday night, and just you know, uh, IMing back and forth, you know, messaging back and forth while we're watching the game. We might as well be doing a show, right? Um, so uh, it was nice to go back and to listen to these episodes and have a reason to, and uh, I, I really, I thoroughly enjoyed that. And hey, folks, they're all there. They're all there. If you'd like to do the same thing. You can subscribe uh, in iTunes to the podcast. And, you know, I I really do think one of the things that we're going to continue to work on in the fall as the show progresses and, and evolves um, is to make them more and more um, re-listenable. Um, we went away from the idea of being a call-in show that was completely topical a while ago. Yeah, it's topical. It's sports. But... Um, I I I went back and listened to these, and they weren't dated. I mean, granted, you know, one was only from four or five months ago. Another one was from eight months ago. Well, and even the one that was talking about maybe signing Michael Bourne in a month from then, that's right. a little it's a little dated now, it, but it's dated, but it it's not terrible. You know, like it's not talking about a game that happened. I guess. Well, then don't go listen to the Santana no, no hitter show because that was all about one game. But that's one for the annals, Cal. That's the historic RTU annals. No, not not not. That's in a separate wing. That's a separate wing one. Oh, can we get a separate wing? We uh, I don't know if we can afford it. That costs a lot of money at this point. I think it's all. I think exactly. it's all one wing, but like separate sides of the wing. Exactly. So listen, we have another couple minutes, and then we'll wrap up. I want to ask you something. Okay. Will you marry me? No, no, that's not, that's not it. Not in the summer. But, but since we've been gone in certain states, that would be legal. Now, that's true. Um, not getting political. Not going to do it. Um, 
want to ask you something. This coming Tuesday night, the Major League Baseball All-Star Game right. is going to be in City Field. It sure is. Now, if we were doing normal, if we were on a normal schedule, this would be a huge deal for this program. Right. It, no, it would be because we we grew up on the All Star Game. We've right. never we've never had one in our home stadium, right? In our lifetime, right. it was at Shea in 1964. It has not been back. This is a unique uh, sporting situation for us. That the the All Star Game, the baseball All Star Game, which as when we were kids was huge, was huge was a huge night in my summer. Huge night. And as we've grown older and, you know, uh, not even more cynical, as the game has taken on less meaning and and even though it supposedly has more meaning, um, this has rekindled my interest in this game. Well, good. It, not you so much, I see. By no, your no, no, no. It has no. What, what I'm, what I'm laughing to myself about is that for four years I've wanted to do an all-star show <laughs> to talk about this very, this very thing. We have three minutes. What a great idea, Steve. Go. <laughs> we have, we have three minutes. Go. <laughs> I'm now, I'm now recalling the last four years. Every year. And every year, every year you saying, you know, I'd really. On air, like we could go back in the annals. I'm sure I said find it. This and find this on episodes of you saying, you know, I'd really like to do a whole All Star Game show. And it's usually the response is a change of topic. Like it's not even an acknowledgement that I said it. I basically turn into your wife at that point. Just... I basically have turned it. Yes, but have you paid the bills? <laughs> sure, uh, sure. All Star Game, Cal. Hunger Games. Not even. <laughs> <laughs> let's go. Let's go see the Lone Ranger. I, it sounds like nobody's seeing the Lone Ranger. Ooh. You know, we saw the Heat. You did see the Heat. It was fun. Was that the anniversary night? Um, no. All right. It was before that, but it was nice. It was good. Yeah, funny. I heard it was great. It was funny. And I'm going to say it right here, so that when this happens, we can take credit for it. Right. Um, there's money. There's just bags and bags of money in the producer that decides to put Melissa McCarthy and Will Ferrell together. How is that? Yeah, that's got to be in the works, right? You would think. Yeah, I mean, this is... That's just, I mean... So when it happens... Right. I've now said it. There's nothing probably... What is it, July July 11th? <laughs> right. Tag it. There's probably nothing more no-brainer in Hollywood. Like, if you go into that pitch meeting, all you have to do is go, uh, Melissa McCarthy, Will Ferrell, we have them both signed on. Okay. We'll see ya. I'd like the big bag of money now. Please, please place the huge bag of money. Yeah. And I, I, and I want one of those cartoon ones. I want, like, one of those dollar, signs on them. dollar sign on the bag of money and gold coins coming out of the top of it. Overflowing. I want one of those. Thank you. And do you validate? By the way, that'd be great. <laughs> I I have a a large car to put these sacks of gold coins. Um, was that LA humor? What's that? Is that LA humor? That is LA humor. I don't understand. The the no. do you validate joke about LA has been made in no less than ten movies. 
Like you, you need not ever have lived in L.A. to know. You knew, you knew right then. I was making an L.A. joke. And do you validate? Oh, it's great. <laughs> and do and do you have somebody to carry these bags of money out to my? That's a that's a great call. It's a great call. Well, what can you in, envision? Uh, envision? Envision? Envisage? I wanted to get really fancy there and go envisage. Yeah, um, that's probably not a word. I typically don't like to envisage. Yeah, how about you envision? That would just be fine. I could try to envision. Give me a vehicle. Um, they're married. Clearly, obviously, um, and they probably are the proprietors of a store by day. Go and, on. And and by night, I oh. I feel like it's probably something involving singing. Oh, my. Oh, boy. Now, the store is a laundromat. The store is... I was thinking like a thrift shop. A thrift shop. They're kind of maybe... They're, they're maybe yuppie-ish. Not, not like earthy, hippie kind of selling homemade goods, but, you know. Okay. Like maybe a laundromat. How about they run a daycare? And by night, they uh, perform in a burlesque show. (laughs) By night, for sure. Yes, it's burlesque. But during the day, it's a daycare slash laundromat. It's a daycare. And they're one of the biggest burlesque acts in, in like in the world, like in existence. Like they're a huge, popular, famous burlesque act, and they have to keep that quiet from the daycare. Right, because otherwise the parents aren't going to bring their kids and their laundry to this establishment. That's right. (laughs) Kids or their laundry. Would you trust your children or or getting that stain out of that gabardine pair of slacks to these two? And you can see, like, that's how the film opens. And it's just fast-moving, people dropping kids and laundry, and then the voiceover about how busy it is and business is good. Right. And it's just, you know, hustle and bustle, in and out. And then, of course, uh, some of the parents have to... Now, they could either be burlesque, a huge, nationally renowned burlesque act, or they could be... uh, They could run a swing club. Now they they don't swing themselves. They just run the club. Right, but but they're always invited. To always swing invited. And, and put in a in an uncomfortable predicament. That's right. And of course we have to have the parents of one of the the children come in, and that's how they get discovered. Right. And it's, the, and it's probably the father. It's probably the father. It's probably he's a businessman, completing can, a long day. Can we get Andy Samberg? It could be Andy Samberg. I'm thinking Sudeikis. Could be Andy Garcia. It should. <laughs> I'm going to correct you there. It should be Andy Garcia. But is, it's he, just, is he funny? That's but that's the whole point. Right. He comes in. Long I, day, I like how you're thinking outside the box, casting wise here. Right, like a harried businessman. Because we have McCarthy and Farrell. That's that's enough comedy to last a lifetime. It's too much. The rest have to be straight. Let's start taking some chances, right? In some other spots. And Andy Garcia, I mean, I think he would jump at the opportunity. I think so. I feel like somebody like a Morgan Freeman would own the club. 
No, two. He's no. He's done. I want somebody who's like you would never think of in a movie like that. Like Morgan Freeman's done Bruce Almighty. He's done. Oh, that's true. I need. I need Anthony Hopkins. I need. Uh, no, even I don't. No, I don't even want Anthony Hopkins there. He's too British. I want. Uh, see, yeah, you know, I was gonna say somebody like Cruz, but he did Tropic Thunder. Like you need somebody who would never be in that movie. Never expect it. Yes. Like Jason Statham. <laughs> yes. I don't even know who that is. Jason, I think it's Stratham. Is it Stratham? Strahan? Michael Strahan. There it is. We've done it. Jason Statham. He's in those, I, he's in those um, action movies. He's an action guy. He's, running a British, around. he's a British action guy. Oh, he's British. He is extraordinarily British. Uh, then we don't want him. No. Can't no. have it. No, look, all, want... look, all I'm saying is we need a title for this movie. Um... Okay, so <laughs> daycare slash laundromat owners by day, and then either right. huge nationally renowned burlesque act by night or owners of a swing club who don't swing. But constant pressure for them to swing. I need a, I need a title. Oh, it'd be like uh, kids in swings. Swing kids. Swing kids. <laughs> press and <laughs> press and swing. <laughs> no, press. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's gonna work. Kids and skids. Kids and skids. I just keep envisioning these huge money bags. I just want them to bring us those money bags. It'll work. Or it'll either work or it would be just an incredible disappointment because you'd be expecting too much. Right. Career killer. Maybe. I don't know. She's uh, she's electric, that McCarthy, huh? She's really funny. She's, I, have, I have not seen her in anything that I didn't just burst laughing. Yeah. She's killer. She commits. I think that's why, and I'm being completely serious, you hit the nail on the head. He's the perfect foil because no two people commit more right. to, uh, to to the comedy. No, put them in, in whatever scenario you want. That's it. Excellent. All right, so uh, the All-Star Game. Oh, we got to go. That's all the time we have. We can't talk about the All-Star Game. Maybe next year. Are we still live, by the way, or did we? We're still live. Oh, okay. I, I extended it to two hours. Oh, I you did. Knew, I had a I had a feeling. You knew something. How do you feel? You're going to the futures game on Sunday, right? Yeah, I'm excited about that. Now, did your brother-in-law with the season tickets get tickets for the game? Oh yeah, he's got everything. So he's the whole going. He's going he's... The whole strip. The whole mishpuka, the whole everything, the old man, the old the old big apple, the whole whole mess. He's going everything, yeah. And you're not going to the All Star game. Uh, no. I sense consternation. Well, there's a story. Let's have it. Is it for these airwaves? It's sure. All right, let's have it. Fine, probably talked about it last year because. Um, I happen to be fortunate enough to have a, a a daughter that competes in dance competitions nationally. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's right. So it just so happens that for the first time in 50 years, 
Not 40. Not 30. 50 years. It's the golden anniversary. The of major this league ever happening again. baseball all-star game <laughs> is coming to my home park. Fifty years, and I have access to tickets. That's correct. To this game. Yep. It just so happens that eight hours later, in Atlantic City. My daughter is dancing in a national dance competition. That's right. So. This would be your eight-year-old daughter. There's that. Seven. Seven-year-old daughter. She's seven. Right. She's seven. She's dancing in two dances. I just want everybody to know this is not like a 22-year-old girl dancing for like thousands of dollars. No, no. As a matter of fact, there is no monetary no nothing nothing monetarily reward out of this. No. In fact, quite the opposite. As a matter of fact, <laughs> it's quite a bit out of pocket. Going to cost a little <laughs> bit more than it would have to go to the All Star Game. Ironically. Ironically, and uh, what she will get if she wins is one day with the trophy, like the Stanley Cup. The Stanley Cup. <laughs> they get they pass the trophy. The kids get to take it home. Now, is your daughter going to be the one who takes like you know ridiculous pictures, like has it in the pool? Right. She, like, she's going to be the one who has, like, a party that night and somebody's dressed it up like a, like a Barbie doll or something like that. Or... Strapped it to the back of the dog. <laughs> the dog running around the house. With it. Well, he's blind, so he just kind of, like, stumbles around. He's bumping into things and the, the trophy. It's going to be all over the Internet. That's what she does. That's, That's what she if wins, if we're lucky. Win. But your daughter has to be... The John Van Beesbrook of this, or was it Mike Richter or whoever? Isn't when the Rangers finally won a Stanley Cup? Right. They they spent uh, about eight weeks defacing it in oh. every way possible, taking it to keg parties, having it in bars. Somebody on the somebody on the Penguins had it at the bottom of their pool. Yeah, somebody had the pool. Like well, that's what I said. She's got to take it in the pool. Well, yeah, I guess when we blow the pool up in the backyard, she'll be there. Put the Ken doll clothes on the female uh, female so, dance on the trophy. So, yeah, so it, so it just so happens that... That's um, great. Good. The, and, and, and believe me. Believe, believe you me. Believe you me, we have explored every possibility. Every option. Nothing short of dropping my family off in Atlantic City at 4 o'clock... Driving back for the game, driving back down after the game, you know, in the wee hours of the morning. To get them. Well, then then to watch the... To watch the competition, right. But it's just not, it's just not in the cards. Well, maybe 50 years from now. I'm hoping. Fingers crossed. (laughs) Uh, Last thing, do you want Harvey to start the game? Yeah, I think it'd be nice. Do you, you do you care that they? I definitely do. Okay. I think it'd be awesome. Do you care that they pulled him from this start on Saturday? No. Okay. Do you care that they gave the excuse that he had a blister at first, rather than just saying they want to limit his innings? Yeah, they probably shouldn't have done that. Right. But I think they got caught up in it, and they, you know, you know when somebody, when somebody tells, I hate to say tell a lie, but. I, I use the example of when someone likes to call in sick to work. There's a couple of ways to do it. You call, 
I'm not going to be in today. I'm sick. <laughs> like, or I'm not going to be in today. I'm sick. Okay, feel better. Yeah, I got this bad stomach thing, and and I've been, and they go into all of this detail, right? Yeah. That they that you don't need to, and it's like when you're nervous or when you don't need to say something. They just that's what the Mets did here. Yeah. They figured it's probably it's going to cause problems if we pull them from the start, but we want them to pitch in the All Star game. So they just started throwing all kinds, of, you know, everything it would be between that and the and the blister and his innings and the magazine and posing nude and they just threw everything in there. Right, they totally did. That's a great analogy. And, and once again, the PR department of yeah, PR department of the Mets can't ever get out in front of a story. And simply, all they had to say was, "We're pulling him from the start because we want to limit his innings." That's it. Period. Mm-hmm. And this is an opportunity. He's only going to throw an inning or two in the All-Star game. We have no problem with that. Plus, this gives him an extra four days off. He does have a blister. We'd like to give him an extra four days off. Well, but see, that's you. you but you just did what they did. You brought the blister up. But don't I'm bring, saying, don't bring I'm the saying, blister up. But he brought the blister up. He said he had a blister. Okay. But, then, but, that has, but the blister should have nothing. If What you're saying is... Can you, can, you just, can you just start calling it the blister? <laughs> Please. We are a we are a New York sports talk podcast. He's got acting like it. acting like on his finger. All right, he's got a blister. Okay, the blister shouldn't be an excuse. All right, all right, that's fair. But if you think, and this is this is true of any team, the Mets are never out in front of these stories. And if it is a blister, and it's not his innings, then I don't care. Is it a blister or is it the innings? The innings or the blister? What is it? <laughs> blister, 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 innings, innings, innings. Or is it the bluster of Rex Ryan running from the Bulls? <laughs> Was that the stupidest thing you've ever seen? Aaron Hernandez is on trial for killing three people. <laughs> for potentially killing three people. And the front page of the Daily News has a picture of Rex Ryan... Uh, in Pamplona, running with the Bulls, and it has running with crossed out. It has with crossed out, and it says from. Because he, he's clearly the only person who's ever done this. Uh, this is this is a front page story. Front page. Let me let me let me reiterate. <laughs> Rex Ryan running with the Bulls, doing it the same way that everybody has done it for centuries. Nobody runs at the Bulls. No. They're running away from them. The Bulls That's are chasing correct. them. That's the whole That's point. That's the whole point. Okay? So Rex Ryan doing something that's fun and just he's having a good time with it. It's his personality or whatever. If 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 uh Nolan or um uh Harbaugh did this, you know, if if Jim Harbaugh did this, oh he's that's that's the kind of guy he is. That's dangerous. Kind of, that's he lives on the edge. That's the kind of coach I want. He's not afraid of anything. Rex Ryan does it. He's unstable. He's imbalanced. And he's running from the Bulls. On the front page. This is in the same week that two Denver Bronco executives are arrested for drunk driving. That another Patriots uh, player is arrested for drunk driving. A week after they employed the stupidest criminal in the history of criminals. A guy who has clearly never watched an episode of Law & Order in his life. Ever. And there's really no excuse for that. Law and Order has been on for 23 years. 
there's seven different variations of Law and Order, and this guy doesn't know enough that if he kills his camera in his house, the security camera, there's a hard drive, you dumbass. I mean, we could be possibly looking at the worst criminal in the history of criminals. The stupidest man in the history of criminals. Literally. The only thing worse would have been if he had put, like, a towel over the security camera, <laughs> but it's like, but not in a stable way where it just kind of, like, slid off. Right, right. Every and he day, thought everything was good. Every day, there is another piece of evidence that makes you go, is this guy just the stupid... Like, somebody... I think it was on BarstoolSports.com. They sent it to me. It's like, it, this reminds me of that when they uh, found his little nest there, his little lair that had, like, the receipts for the rental car and the hollow point bullets that were found in, in, in the person that he clearly shot. And then the guy at Barstool proffered, it, this is like that Anthony, Anthony Hopkins movie where he lays out all the evidence, like he's the worst criminal in the world, and then they get in court and he can refute all of it. Like that's what he's doing, right? Uh, like he's he's setting a trap for Ryan Philippe here, right? <laughs> or it might have been Gosling. I don't know. It was one of the Ryan. No, it was Philippe. It was Ryan Philippe. Yeah, right. Exactly. Like this is the stupid. So this is going on with the Patriots, right? Jets West. Gino doesn't go. What a circus! <laughs> it I, never I, ends. I, I'm sorry. I had to bring this up. If I just hear one more person say, well, you can't really blame the Patriots. You, you can't? You can't. Did they not give him a four-year extension last September? When he was apparently shot somebody, shot two people in July of last year? I didn't know. They gave you, him a four-year extension? You, God, now come on. Do you think if they knew he shot somebody, they would have given him a four-year extension? No, of course not, but I had to read article after article about the Patriot way saved his life and Bill Belichick, and thank goodness the Patriots drafted him. Article after article. How thank goodness some other team in New York didn't draft him. I mean, we talked about this with Joe Caparoso a couple weeks ago and in our last episode. It's the same thing. Come on. Yes, you can blame the Patriots for not doing their due diligence. They gave him a four-year, $40 million extension. Come on. They have to take a little heat here. Well, they did their due diligence when they drafted him. And they still drafted him. Exactly. They still I mean, drafted you're, him. You're going to tell me that all this research, the, the, the guy's been in the league, what, three years, four years, or whatever? They couldn't figure out for a second that he's in a gang? Doesn't he's in he a gang. A, doesn't he have a tattoo that says blood on it? He's a freaking blood. It's not like he was hiding it. Right, the tattoo is not, like, on the back of his knee. I mean, come on. A little heat. How? And, and it's, only because, it's only because, look, if you're going to break your arm patting yourself on the back about the Patriot way, and we do things a certain way, and because of our organization and Bill Belichick, you know, our guys don't run afoul of the law. They come in, and you get enveloped into this – you just get, you get swallowed into this Patriot way where it's just winning and gorgeousness, and, and uh, you, you come through the, the, the doors, and he's like Willy Wonka. Like, you can actually, he can actually, like, make a doorway smaller. Like, you, you, and all of a sudden, the door is small, and you walk into this huge room, and there's Super Bowl trophies everywhere, and it's just, it's, he's Wonka. 
and it's the Patriot way. And you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna shove this crap down my throat every day. Can you take a little heat when everything goes awry? When everything goes crazy? When when your your owner is accusing Vladimir Putin of stealing his Super Bowl ring? Can we can we can we just take a second? Can you take a little heat? That's all I'm asking. No, uh butt fumble. Butt fumble. There you go. That's the answer to it. There it is. There right. it is. You did it. Perfect. Sorry. Butt fumble. Doesn't matter. Doesn't Run, matter. Running with the bulls. Now that's a circus. A guy who runs into his own player and fumbles the ball. <laughs> Murderer? Come on. I mean. That's child's play. Please. You would think they signed Tebow. Oh, wait. What's that? I'm sorry. Wait, hold on. I'm being... Drunk? Drunk driving? How I'm, about running with the bulls? How about... I'm being told they did sign Tim Tebow, by the way, too. Yeah, they did. Yeah. They did. Uh, how how great is it that Tim, the, the story about Tebow breaking up a fight with Aaron Hernandez in Florida... Right, when they were in Florida. Surface. It's just... He's just every... He's like Forrest Gump. <laughs> he just shows up. In every place you would you wouldn't expect them to. There he is. Yep. It's Tebow. Oh my gosh. Well, anyway, I have, well, clearly I had something to get. There's the big unload. I had to get that off my chest. You did. Just a little something. Just I don't want to hear. Well, you can't blame the, the Patriot, Patriot way. Right. All right. I don't want to hear the Patriot way. Like it's got it when it when I when it's consistently lauded for years and years and years about how wonderful it is when it when it takes a hit like this and this is a hit. It's a huge hit. Or oh, they couldn't have known he was a murderer. Really? They couldn't? What do you think the Bloods do? Sell Girl Scout cookies? What, <laughs> what, what, what do you think that organization is? A macrame uh, knitting club? Come on. They couldn't have known. Really? Do you, have, do you have HBO? I mean, <laughs> come on. There's been 37 documentaries on HBO on the Bloods and the Crips. 37. No less than. No less than. <laughs> right. No more than 40. <laughs> That's because Bill Belichick is too busy watching film. That's right. He's not watching HBO. Well, maybe when he was watching that film of his two tight end sets, he could have seen the, the, the Bloods tattoo on his tight end. And the fact that he was always wearing red in every picture. Maybe just could have checked that out. Did they wear red? I don't know. Patriots colors. The Patriots wear red. Well, how about the red Yankee hat that he had? Well, he's a Yankee fan. <laughs> right. so throw that into the mix. <laughs> Why not? All right. All right, let's wrap it up. Let's go. No, look, I'm not suggesting that Yankee fans are murderers. Please. <laughs> and time for the big unload. Or accused, accused murderers. That's all the time we have. Oh, no. <laughs> Let's see. Cow final unload. Uh, final hiatus unload. Final hiatus until next time. Um, have a great summer, everybody. I'm sure we'll be back soon. Thank you for listening to us. And uh, stay cool. Wow. <laughs> really? Cool. <laughs> I don't know. And my final unload is uh, uh, thanks, Bry. Thanks for doing this tonight. And uh, I'm glad I had a, a little time to do it. 
uh, we are we are at you find a window. Yeah, we are at Baby Defcon Three. Baby Defcon Three. I have the uh, the actor from War Games. I've hired him <laughs> to uh, to hang out in my living room and talk about uh, ASAC and uh, what is it? Get get sack oh. get sack on the phone. And take us to Baby Defcon Four. I don't know what kind of game you're playing right now. Anytime, like Teresa's like, "Ooh, I think I had a contraction." Let's go get get Zach on the phone. We're what is this guy doing here? <laughs> I've hired him. You have to feed him too. <laughs> He's in full uniform. <laughs> uh, thanks for taking the time, brother. We will see you guys in the fall, unless we uh, find another moment to sneak this in. Uh, for Brian Calvi, I'm Steve Sampietro. And, of course, our buddy PJ, who wasn't with us tonight. But we love you, Pete. Have a good summer, everybody.